what he shines a light on any given point, which is uh, which happens when we hear scripture or a friend comes and encourages us or um, challenges us. But anytime we hear his word, it is to illumine every part of our being, but we need to let it do so. And so our part in spiritual health is letting God have his work in us according to his word. Now, as we talked about the concepts of light and dark, we want to remember that in Scripture, right, God is associated with light. He is the author of it. He makes it, right, and he also is uh, called light in Scripture. Let's look at um, Genesis 1, 3 through 4. This is right at the beginning of the Bible. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God's first creative action was making light. There was nothing prior to. And so it must be something that he is, uh, wants from us. It must be something that he deems important. And not only does he make it, it's her first creative action, that he claims that it's good, right, that this thing that I've made is good, and he separates it from the darkness, whereby saying that light is good and darkness is bad. And so that's our first thing. Light is good, darkness is bad, as it relates to categories or ideas in general. We see in John 1 through 5, again about light, it says this, This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. And so John here associates God with light. He's not saying he's like it or he made it, but he is it. And it's a light that's separate from the darkness, a pure light, a light that has integrity. And so integrity, as he's talked about before, is state of being whole and undivided. And so spiritual health means spiritual integrity, right? It sounds similar to what we saw just a minute ago in John, uh, Luke eleven thirty six, And then John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If God is light, then he lights what we should walk in, Right? Walking in his light and not in our darkness allows us to have fellowship with other people. Right? We, this is a promise that as we're staying in this light, that it allows us then to know others and to walk with them. And so if we look at this, um, if we look at this idea here, um, if we look at that idea here of fellowship, right? This is the biblical, uh, the word the Bible uses, the Greek word is koinia. And it contains the idea of commonality, solidarity, and responsibility among people. He says that living in the light allows us then to, right, have this idea of commonality, this idea of solidarity, we're in this together, and this idea of responsibility that I am responsible for you. There'll be just random noises like that throughout, just keep you on your toes. Kind of like jump scares, like are you listening? Ah! So be ready for those. You're like watching a horror movie and you're just like waiting, like waiting for the jump scare and it still gets you. It's sometimes a little worse, right? Like, wait, now, wait, now, now. Carry on. So living then spiritually healthy lives, if we, if we, um, if we, uh, if God is light and he lights what we should live in and we walk in this light, then living spiritually healthy lives provides the promise of fellowship and the forgiveness of sins, because we are walking in him, and as we are in him, we have the forgiveness of sins. And then lastly, we see this as it relates to light. The second Corinthians 4, 6, and it says, For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, 
is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Christ. This, if you look on your sheet, right, is exactly what uh, verse 36 is saying. It's almost identical. Saying Jesus is the glory of God. And it is God who enlightens us with, uh, with, his, with this knowledge. And it is like a light shining out of the darkness. And so armed with these ideas, uh, let's take a look at uh, what Jesus seeks to teach us about spiritual change. So look there a couple of verses prior in verse 33. And he says this, No one after lighting a lamp puts it away in a cellar nor under a basket but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. See, from John 1.5 that we saw just a minute ago, we learned that the gospel, right, or the news of Jesus is the light of the world and of us. When we receive this light, we have access to it, right? It is something that we can have. And it can illumine us and our path if we will let it. And this is really important as it relates to health, right? There's a way in which we can know what's healthy and not do it, right? I have access to the gym. I have access to uh, my friends who will, I'm lonely. I've got access to not be lonely, but will I go to them, right? I need to be healthier. I need to build muscle. I've got access to a gym, but will I go? Will I go consistently, So we as vessels of this light then need to understand ourselves as airport runway lights. Right? If you've ever uh, been on a plane and you come in at night, you see that there absolutely is no way to see where you're going unless there's lights there to say, hey, land here. And so as it relates to, um, as it relates to this passage, right, we see that this idea that so that those who enter right, may see the light. That we need to understand that, that there are people looking for the light. Just like there's airplanes searching for the runway, there are people who are looking for the kingdom of God. And they're looking specifically for people who have it and who are living in it. And so the, the description he's given us that is as we let the Lord shine, that the Lord has given us light for it to illumine Right, him to others. For others that are looking, they're like, oh, there's one. Oh, there's one there. This is the picture that he gives. The purpose of you having light is so others can see that light. So your light matters. Now we then turn to this idea that the eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is clear, your whole body also is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is also full of darkness. This takes a little unpacking. See, the eye in this verse is reckoned as something that somehow regulates the light. Right, like the shutter uh, on a camera or the, the shutter on a projector. Right, there's a way in which I can right, cut this off. There's no light coming through that let the words happen or that you for you to see them on the screen and a clear eye gives your whole body access to that light this is the the metaphor that he's working in a clear eye offers no obstruction to this light but conversely an unclear or a bad eye obstructs the light completely keeping your body in darkness and so if we think about uh, if we think about our body being in darkness and our light somehow is letting in 
their eye is somehow letting in light and it illumines what is in us. This is the picture that we're supposed to have. And that our body is to be full of light. This is good. This is what God wants. We need God's light in our lives to be spiritually healthy, to be what he seeks, right? To be illuminated by him. Now, but if an eye regulates light to the body, then what regulates light in our lives? And I'm going to, and I'm going to, uh, say that it is our hearts, right? It's with an open heart that we receive, uh, God's, uh, God's words through Christ, and is a hardened heart that is closed off to God's reconciling light. I don't, I don't want that light in my life. I'm happy with, uh, with my darkness. Matthew 6.21 reminds us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And so as it relates to spiritual health, right, what we're chasing after right, is what our hearts are open to. And what we're not is what our hearts are close to. That, that is the general principle. That is why we do certain things and not other things. And it's when our hearts are looking for different treasure than, than it has been looking for in the past is this is when we can be satisfied in Christ. This is where we are open to his leading and his light because the darkness that we have come in contact with is no longer uh, what we want. And so I think if we can understand this principle then, is we can process right, what Jesus is trying to teach us. So these first two verses, verse 33 and verse 34, are really important. That your light is for uh, others so that they may see it and enter in. And that your eye or your heart is, the, is the, a way in which this light comes in and you have the ability to regulate that or not. For your body to be full of light or full of darkness. But then he moves forward. Then watch out then that the light in you is not darkness. And so this is where I want to come back to this idea of spiritual health. Watch out then that you might not be as spiritually healthy as you think you are. Because if spiritual health relies on the light that is in you or the light that you let in, then that is a question for each of us to ask. How healthy am I? Am I understanding this principle that Jesus is trying to teach me Right, that I'm as healthy as the light that I let in. Because your heart is the filter of God's light. Is your life full of God's light? That that is something that I have control over. Let me take a second. Okay, all right. That is something that's my responsibility. And so the question is, what is your heart letting in? Is it God's light or is it something else that God would call darkness? And so this is puts us back where we started, right? If, therefore, your whole body is full of light and there's no dark part in it, it will be wholly illumined, right? That your body will be full of the light that God seeks for you to have. It'll be, you have access to what he wants you to be, as when a lamp illuminates you with rays. See, spiritual health and spiritual integrity, which come from our hearts, Right, letting in the light of God's word and living according to that light. This makes us spiritually healthy, but if we miss Jesus' teaching and live some other way, what does that look like? How is your spiritual health? And so this is where he turns then to teach us again about the danger of darkness. 
Now when he had spoken, a Pharisee asked him to have lunch with him, and he went in and reclined at the table. When the Pharisee saw it, he was surprised that he had not first ceremonially washed from the meal. But the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, on the outs- uh, wash the outside of the cup and the platter, but inside you are full of robbery and wickedness. See, after establishing the instruction that we just talked about, about the principle of light and what it does to you, he uses this question of, of washing his hands uh, for an opportunity to teach those at the meal the difference between our lives being full of light and illumined or of something else. And he says this, that you guys are good at cleaning the outside of the cup and platter. Right? You guys live from the outside in. And so I think that this is something that we think of. How do we live? Do I live from the outside in or some other way? See, saying that you, you think that what matters is everything but the heart and no light is getting through because they're not open to God's light there. If no light is getting in, then your lives are full of darkness, here described as robbery and wickedness. Mark 7, 20 through 23 says it like this. He was saying, that which proceeds out of man, that is what defiles him. For from within, out of the hearts of men, proceed the evil thoughts, the fornications, the theft, the murders, the adulteries, the deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these things proceed from within and defile the man. And what we also know is that all those things are selfish, right? That as you're the recipient, right, of uh, the theft or the murders or the adulteries or the covetousness or the wickedness or the deceit or the envy or the slander or the foolishness, right, that that is why, uh, that is why these things are bad. <laughs> we don't want those things to happen to us. As you are living from your heart, as you are doing those things, right, I am receiving the terrible. I am receiving the darkness from you. And it is out of this darkened heart of man come these things. Without the light, that is what there is. There is selfishness. (laughs) And we reap the selfishness. So the key to the concept then is cleaning. Look back at verse 39. Right, he's not telling them to not clean. He says, you've cleaned one thing, but neglected cleaning the other. John 12, uh, 12, 46 um, explains it like this. I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. So what he's saying is my purpose, right, is for the darkness that's in you that causes those things in others and causes you ill. Well, I've come to take that darkness away. And this darkness is removed by the washing of the word, both by the word made flesh Jesus, his sacrifice, and his teaching. So Ephesians 5, 26, we're talking about this idea of washing. And God is talking about um, the, uh, his relationship with his bride, the church, and that Jesus is the husband in this relationship, and he washes right, his, his bride. And it says like this, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And so our idea of spiritual health and the idea of uh, our, our light and God's light coming in and cleaning us and then our responsibility to let it do its work. I think of, I think of this idea. Right, that the word has come to us often. 
right? For, for some of us, this is the second kind of word from God you're hearing today. It could be uh, more than that for some of you. But, it's, but often, right, it's not uh, more often than not, we have the word or the light. And you're receiving it from the Bible, right? You can generally read this. You can hear someone teach from it. You can also take notes and take it away with you later. But that is the God giving the light to you. Right? But how often are we letting then that word that we receive clean our hearts? Because that is the point of it. Right? Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word in Ephesians 5.26. See, this then is soap and water to our hearts. Right? But, but most often we leave it in the basin. Right? That we receive it, I've got it open, and then, okay, you guys are dismissed. And then the water stays there. See, it's our Bible or our notes that are not used appropriately because we're not then uh, moving at some later point. It does need to be within 30 minutes, right, <laughs> of leaving here that we need to revisit it. But it does need to be revisited because that's the work that it needs to take. That's when I can really re-examine that. Here, okay, that was... Uh, entertaining. I really like the squelching part. That was my favorite. <laughs> but how often do we come away and then reconsider the truth that God has laid before us? Because so often we walk away and like God's really talking to me something there. Oh, snacks. And then it's gone. See, this is a place to get light, but the washing often happens outside of here. And that's what we need to uh, take into account that we don't need to just know where the light can be found but we need to use the light right to wash us and we need it to butt up against our lives and we need to chew on it and say why am I not doing this what don't I understand that's keeping me from understanding what God's trying to teach me and so this then comes from the principle that we see in 1 Corinthians 16 7 and that we see here Right, the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And, that, and that's that key part, that, that God sees not as man sees. And we need to see not as we're used to seeing, but as he wants us to see. We live from the inside out. This is the thing that he wants us to understand. The world lives, and we are used to living from the outside in. He continues, you foolish ones, did not he who made the outside also make the inside also? You who are so focused on uh, the things that matter, but just not as matter as much as the heart, what God looks at, and from where we live. And this is really just an adjustment for us, because again, our entire lives, every single person around us lives from the outside in. That they are doing things to help, to, that we want to fulfill us, but over and over we try all the things, or we do the same things over and over and over and again to get that little feeling, but all it is is to satisfy our hearts. This has always been the issue. This is the issue in the garden. Verse 41, but 
as this principle is the case, but give that which is within us charity, and then all things are clean for you. And what he's saying is, is that obedience is cleansing from selfishness. Everything about our lives is so often just built from selfishness. When I come home uh, from work, my body and my soul longs to be selfish. <laughs> and Renee knows this. Mm-hmm. Yep, preach it. But isn't it being obedient to them and being obedient to God's calling for me to love my neighbor and my neighbor is my wife and my neighbor is my children and my neighbor is you. And he calls us, he said, the law is fulfilled in that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Right, as I love my wife over and against myself. As I love my children over and against myself. They are frustrating and irritating. They are cute. No doubt about, no doubt about that. But that is hard. Because what that cleansing does is, as we, uh, as we uh, do the things that are selfish, it reaps darkness in us and it reinforces those things that I read earlier. Right, but when you're obedient, it cleanses us from those things. It, start, it begins to establish the light in us. It allows that light to come through and begin to illumine other things that need to have uh, light put on them. And then this is this last part. We'll end here. Where he takes some time to... Uh, share what we typically say is the woes. And this is not something that we say, right? I don't come up to Dylan on a random Tuesday and just like, woe is you. And he's like, oh, this could be good. Let's see what Dylan, what Rob has to say. I like that lead in. Woe to you Pharisees. The idea here is um, this is terrible that you do this. He's saying, you're really spiritually unhealthy. And I'm going to show you what this looks like. I want to illumine, you know, it would be like in um, a couple days, I'm going to go to the doctor, and it is pretty humiliating. I go to a dermatologist, and I, um, he checks me over for different things, and it, it's the worst. <laughs> it is the absolute most humiliating thing. Please find everything on me that may or may not, you know, uh, be great. And he gives me a little feedback on that um, but this is th- this is God's graciousness talking to the people who are spiritually unhealthy and saying I want you to understand that your unhealth is terrible and it wrecks not is not wrecking only your life but it is wrecking those around you so I'm just going to hit on a couple of these and we'll get um, and we'll conclude the first one is in 1142. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you pay tithe of mint and rue and every kind of garden herb, and yet disregard justice and the love of God. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. And so there's, we can receive this as he is yelling at us, but he, no, he wants you to say, doing that is terrible. Right? Like that is terribly unhealthy for you to be. He's not saying, he's not just like, you know how satisfying it is just to yell at somebody, right, when they really deserve it? Has anybody ever done that? But when we talk about this, the Lord wants these Pharisees to change, right? The confrontation is necessary when we don't know that something we're doing is not good, right? 
Like if I'm driving on the, left, uh, on the left side of the road instead of the right side, right, there'd be lots of cars telling me what you're doing right now is terrible. Honk, 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 right, giving me gestures and yelling things at me, right? And this is the same idea, that Jesus is taking their lives in his hand, and his, I mean, he is sitting in a banquet hall full of Pharisees, <laughs> and he says, terrible are you when you do this, because you don't know that this is terrible, and it is. He's saying, you major on the petty and neglect the major. Right, to have God's light is to know his heart. If we do justice and love God, right, then we will do the other minor things. Tithing is important, but it's not more important than loving God and doing justice. He's saying don't neglect those other things, but do the more important thing. I, I don't really care about your tithe if you are not doing what I'm asking you to do over here, the most important thing. Right, honey, I brought you flowers, but I left the kids at school. <laughs> Why, can you do both? Like, can you go pick up the kids and bring me flowers? I guess. Right, he's telling us to not be satisfied with the wrong things, to miss the right for the good. Right, there's a very real, real way that we can be great church members and not Christians at all. Let's sink in for a minute. He says again in verse 43, Woe to you Pharisees, for you love the chief seats in the synagogues and the respectful greetings in the marketplaces. You love your status and position more than teaching others to do right and shepherding them. This is something that I would want every possible uh, minister to hear, anyone that would seek to have leadership within the church. Are you excited because you have position where you are? Or do you actually want to do the thing, which is take care of the sheep? Woe to you if, if you're not here to take care of the sheep. Terrible are you. And terrible is it for your sheep because you're not there for them. Verse 43, woe to you Pharisees, for you, it's the same one. Verse 44, woe to you, for you are like concealed tombs, and the people who walk over them are unaware of it. This is the one that I think that, um, and I'll have one more to read, but this is the one that I think uh, kind of hits hard. He says, terrible are you that you are dead <laughs> spiritually, and you don't even know it. And neither are the people that are around you. Both you and they don't suspect that you have, that you are still full of darkness. This is the one that I hope that they heard the most. I hope that this cut them to our heart, and I hope it does mine. Right, the terrible am I, Rob, if, if this is, that I'm unaware of the darkness within me. That would be a terrible condition. And then lastly, Drop down to verse 52. There's lots of these. We could spend a ton of time on these, but I just wanted to hit on these four. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge, and you yourselves did not enter, and you have hindered those who are entering. What he's saying is they have removed this principle from their teaching, 
right, that we live from the inside out and we need God to change our hearts, right? We need to be washed. We need the light. They don't understand this. Because of this, they are hindering those they teach, those that are trying to enter the kingdom of God. So here's where we want to um, end. And if um, and Ashton Master, if y'all could uh, uh, come on up and get, get square. Understanding how to live spiritual, healthy lives meaning, mean, uh, means letting in the light and living according to it. See, back in 1136, if therefore your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, we will be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. That we should want that light more than anything else. And if we have that light, then we will be spiritually healthy. And so here's uh, just a couple things that I want you to, to leave you with as we go uh, into our time of response. John 1.4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He's saying that there is a light in this dark world and that he is it. And he's come to say that, that he's it. And he's the way to the light. That this is the news that he wants from us. But here then is the judgment. And this is where we all need to figure out where we are on a daily basis. Right, for those of us that um, have not come to know Christ, this is the question. For those of us that are in Christ, it's also the question. That the light has come into the world. That is the good news of the gospel. That the light is here, and it is available to everybody. But the judgment comes that when men say, well, I have loved the darkness more than the light, for our deeds are evil and I like them. I don't care what it's costing others. I like, <laughs> I like the darkness. 